0: Hello and welcome to the Business Aviation Collective Podcast, sponsored by LD Aviation. Today we have the great pleasure to talk to Ryan Demore. He is Head of Aviation Tax from MySky these days. He's also a board member of the West Michigan Aviation Academy. And you have probably seen him around the industry because he does many uh, talks and podcasts and chats about all about tax. So welcome, Ryan.
1: Hi, Lindy. How are you
0: today? I'm doing very good. Very good. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here.
0: Well, hey, I just wanted to kind of start out the conversation with a thank you for allowing me to join in and experience the gala for the West Michigan Aviation Academy. And I thought maybe you could just tell our listeners what is that all about and what do you do as part of the board there?
1: Yeah, sure. No, it was uh, it was great pleasure getting to have you there as well. So thanks for coming. Um, So yeah, no, the West Michigan Aviation Academy is an aviation themed high school in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where I live. I happen to be on the board of the foundation there that helps raise money for the school. So it is a charter high school here in Michigan. So it is public school. They essentially don't get to. uh, choose their students basically anybody that comes in the door is welcome and if there are more people applications and there are seats then they have a lottery but it's a it's a wonderful high school um and it has a flight program believe it or not as well and so they get a number of dollars from the state for being a public school then there's a funding gap if you will as is common in this country and all of the extra stuff the uh, uh, science Olympia, the robotics programs the, the you know stem things the rc club uh, you know flying 3d printers for the engineering school all of these types of things right require a little bit and so our uh, charter at the foundation is to help raise a little bit of money for Some of the extra stuff so that the students can get a a really good education. So my son is now a freshman at the school this year. So it's kind of been been a a fun adjustment period to have a a student there. I've always looked at the school and and through some of my previous jobs. Now that uh, (laughs) my son is actually a student there, right? I gets get to claim to be a woman dad as well. So it is definitely something that uh, I enjoy doing and helping out on the board and yeah. you know it's just it's such an awesome program we'll put it that way the the level of respect that is put into the in, into the kids and the you know essentially the the training to be leaders is such a uh uh awesome thing and it's just an amazing school so happy to help out there so again thanks for uh, for you for coming and uh you know, if people are, are interested in checking it out, just, you know, go Google West Michigan Aviation Academy and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to pop it up. But uh, yeah. we're always looking for support and ideas on one things as well. So anything that uh, anyone can do would be much appreciated.
0: Great. Sounds good. I will make sure we put the link in the notes below to the podcast there. So if anybody wants to find it, they can pop in there as well. And yeah, I I would like to second that. I mean, that was the coolest venue I think that I've been. So, you know, I got to go to the school. I got to see some of the classrooms that they're using, like modern classes. They even built a composite aircraft over the years, and they said that they were going to be doing that again. Then we got to go. I Amway sponsored or allowed us to use their hangar for the evening. That was really cool. We had some great speakers. They even had Patty Wright staff send us a little video. That was That was cool. Anyway. I was really, I really was actually surprised and in awe of all of what that school has accomplished. And I wish there are more of them like that. And I hope, I hope that more of them pop up like this one.
1: And it is amazing what they've done. I think they, the idea was born, I think, in about 2010. So it's been about 13 years. So, and it's you know, it's not just pilot focused either, right? It's it's engineering focused. They have a biomedical engineering program. They, you know, like you said, they built a car, our cub, basically. Maintenance standpoint, and as, as as we'll get into later, as I'm sure that everybody's aware of on some of these podcasts, there's there's a huge issue right now with finding talent, right, and understand and and understanding that there's you know, a lack of people that are, are in this industry. So anything that can be done to kind of help fill that gap, if you will, with qualified individuals is, is amazing right now. So you know, supporting it from that level, even, you know, you say, well, you know, we can support aviation colleges, but even going to the level lower than that, and, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at all the programs AOPA has, right, even going further into Middle schools and grade schools to, to sort of plant that seed is is very very important these days for our industry to make sure that we have enough talent that comes in flowing into the industry for future years, right? So,
0: Definitely. it's always good to get. Yeah, I I think that's the one reason. Sorry, yeah, no, it totally is, and if we don't start from when they're a young age, they just they don't know; they just haven't been exposed to it. I think that you bring up a good point though with the AOPA. I did briefly look into that program because I live in a small town. Um, There is zero aviation here. And I think that that would be a great program to bring to my school. So any of those people listening that might be interested in bringing more aviation um, information to their local schools, check out the AOPA and I'll put that in the link as well. But check out AOPA, they have some curriculum basically already set up for younger students
1: absolutely Excellent. so very cool you no know, and it's 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 like i said it's just an amazing school i consider myself super lucky that you know my wife and i uh, were able to get our, our our son in and that you know his number it was pulled in the lottery he actually didn't make it in he was actually i think number five on the waiting list but oh gosh uh, was, it was it was able to get out over the summer so it was a couple of Trying weeks there of, of waiting, but uh, you know, once once we got the word that, that he was in, it, it was amazing. So yeah, it's definitely uh, a, a wonderful a wonderful school and a wonderful place for for kids to learn more about aviation too. But not like I said, not just a focus on flying, but a focus on aviation as a whole and then all of the things that go around aviation to support it. Right, and that's you know, you you get your typical individuals out there that are like, oh, you're in aviation, are you a pilot, or are you a mechanic, or are you a flight attendant? Well, but, I'm not. I'm none of the above, I was a pilot, sure, but I, I am a tax guy. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's necessary well, too, right? So.
0: It uh, totally is, that, And that that's a great leading to so the next part is that, you're in aviation, we're all in aviation, but you are, you took a specific piece of aviation or a specific piece of what you like, which is finance, and and you combined your two loves basically and yeah. i am kind of curious though how did you figure that out how did you do that so it, maybe it, walk us through. how did you start in this industry until sure. and how did you get where you're at now
1: well i can go to the way back uh machine and basically say my uh i grew up with three older sisters and my dad was actually had always wanted to be a pilot but never could mm-hmm. and so he always used to take me out to the airport when I was a kid, and we used to come watch airplanes land. And that was just sort of one of the things that my dad and I did together, you know, sort of to get me out of the house away from my sisters for a bit, if you will. <laughs> uh, and
0: so, uh, Sons and girls yeah, in that family. Right,
1: right, well, exactly, <laughs> right? So, but no, so he had always kind of wanted to do it. And so he got me interested in it. And I started flying when I was 15. You know, soloed at 16, got my private at 17 while I was in high school. So, again, going back there, right? Like, uh, there are kids who fly airplanes when they're in high school. It's uh, Those are the age requirements. So, I was lucky enough to, you know, be be afforded that opportunity. I'll put it that way. So, I, I you know, wanted to be a pilot since I was four or five years old, basically. Followed through with that. Ended up getting my private license. Went to Embry-Riddle down in Daytona. spent four years at Embry-Riddle on Daytona. And... Loved the school, loved everything about it, and got into flying. Was hired straight out of uh, graduation into the right seat of the CRJ. Flew for Atlantic Coast Airlines, which uh, then uh, became Independence Air uh, for about five years. So I sat in the right seat of the CRJ 200. And then when Atlantic Coast became Independence Air, they uh, promptly exited business. So, uh, okay. alright. <laughs> F- five years into my career, you know, I realized that the uh, airline business was not as stable as I once thought. Right? Sure. So It was kind of, <laughs> what do I do now? And so, my prior to that, I will say that uh, my dad had always said, "Look, I I have no problems backing you and helping you get to where you want to be with this stuff, but uh, you have to have a backup." Right. If something happens with your health, if something happens, you know, at some point in life, doesn't matter what it is, you always have to have a backup. So it's always a good idea.
0: Very smart guy. Yeah. Very smart man. Correct.
1: So he uh, he kind of pushed me to to think about what else I enjoyed doing. Right. Um, And so on my mom's side of the family, there there was a bunch of you know my grandpa owned a store and was always a sharp businessman, and so she had always said, "Hey, you know, you'd be good at that." So I figured, well, you know what? I'll, I'll go get my MBA. So okay. as as the airline was switching over from Atlantic Coast to Independence Air, I actually got into uh, Grand Valley State University here in Grand Office, Michigan, and started my MBA program. And so my last sort of two years at the airline, I was flying Friday through Monday, and then in classes Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Thursday, and I- ended up getting my... Uh, the I- <laughs> Not That's a lot. Not for a couple of years, but yeah. Well, but through the MBA program there. So when Atlanta, when Independence Air filed for bankruptcy and they were taking voluntary furloughs, I had just a, one more semester left. So I I basically said, I'll take an early furlough. I finished up my classes, got my my MBA and finished that up. And then I was lucky enough to get hired at Northern Jet Management here as well. So I started flying again. But also started doing business stuff and and doing you know cost analysis and you know all sorts of fun stuff and that became really interesting to me, right? Um, Right. And I still loved I still loved flying, but I really enjoyed kind of seeing you know at a one thirty five carrier, you know the money making aspect of how do airplanes make money, right? Mm -hmm. What can we do to control costs and can we set up pilot schedules in a way that's going to help with that? Can we right? So I started really. Taking in and learning sort of the business side and then, you know, accounting and tax were there as well. And I really honed in on that and, and really enjoyed it. So it was kind of like, hey, I get the best of both worlds. But then I got married and just had three kids.
0: Congrats. <laughs> <both> yes. <laughs>
1: so it's kind of like, hey, I, uh, you know, don't really like being away from home all the time uh, anymore. So. But I had this sort of seed planted as far as being on the business side of things. So a couple of months later, I was offered a job at Amway uh, mm-hmm. in their corporate part 91 side department as their financial analyst. Um, okay. So that job became open and I saw the job, job listing and went, wow, this would mean I wouldn't have to fly anymore. And at the time, I think I had a three-year-old, about a three-month-old. So it was kind of like, yeah, well, uh, this is definitely uh, something that, uh, that I want to do. So I can be a little um, more and, and I get to work on the sort of the business side of things. So was lucky enough to get that job and spent six years working at Amway as their financial analyst. And uh, Amway, of course, had uh, 15 airplanes at the time. And there was the company and four family owners um, right. And so, was, yeah, so they kind of throw you into the fire on the, the finance and tax side. Yeah. and get to get to learn all of that fun stuff. But as so you, it turned out,
0: you worked with the, the flight department and all of the home offices. You were like, yes, engaged with all of them. Okay,
1: correct. And so I was sort of the financial liaison of the flight department, right? So anything okay. finance and tax related that the family offices and the company needed, right? It was my job. And so there were, I mean, they had the interchange agreements between some, there were some timeshare agreements, there was all kinds of stuff going on between all the different entities, so it was a wonderful department to, to learn all of that stuff, and I, you know, to be honest, I, I probably would, would still be there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> working for them, had other, you know, better opportunities not, not come, come knocking, right, so mm-hmm. I had a great time there and and, and loved the, the crew there, and it, it was definitely a wonderful learning experience, but about six years after after getting there, I was offered a job as uh, taking over a fully outsourced tax and compliance department. And so, All right.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: So I was like, well, you know, my youngest had just started kindergarten, actually. And so my wife and I chatted a bit and I decided, yeah, I can do a little bit of travel. That's fine. So I was hired at on Direct to sort of assist with uh, when they had just purchased Aircraft Logs, and so Aircraft Logs had an outsourced tax and compliance department. But so while the person who was running it started working on building SD Scheduler, uh, mm-hmm. pre-flight, the tax piece still needed somebody to run it. Uh, sure. And so he, he came to me and said, "Hey, would you, would you like to uh, would you like to come across?" And uh, we sort of you know jumped at the opportunity and said, "This is definitely you know growth." And that's a good thing. So I left Amway in 2017 and uh, joined SD. Uh, I worked mm-hmm. at SD for five years. Um, that was
0: 2017. Now, just yeah. to back up to a moment, Aircraft Logs was a standalone scheduling software that had a very strong tax piece to it. Is that correct?
1: That's correct.
0: Got it. Okay. And then Satcom, they were going to modify them. uh Okay. Yeah. And then... Yep. Continued on, but kept the tax part basically the same. So all that infrastructure yes. and and knowledge and data, and how to do it, is still there. Correct. Uh, was still there. Uh,
1: okay. Well, it. was still there. Yes. So, so as you know, as I spent my five years working for SD, look, they're they're a wonderful company as well, and I had a great time there. But it became more and more obvious that there was a fit issue. Right, their, their focus was on connectivity and hardware uh, and scheduling software, and <laughs> you know the tax piece was like, eh. you know, I was kind of I'm felt right. like a red-headed, a redheaded stepchild in the corner, right? Which, uh, yeah. it's it's not the, it's not at all, but you know, I say that to Joe, but they, you know, look, we had a we had a great time, but while I was at SD, we were trying to think of other things we could do, and I happened to come across I had always since being at Northern jet and at Tamway I'd always sort of been formulating this plan in my head of, you know, Hey, look, uh, the industry really needs financials, right? Finance and tax software. And so it's something that I started pitching at LSD and, and it became a, well, uh, let's see what else to develop that type of thing. So uh, I happened to come across a company called MySky as I was, you know, working through things and, and sort of saw their platform. I, I knew the head of Americas there actually from my previous life. He used to be a salesman at uh, Falcon, but also went to Embry Riddle. So.
0: <laughs> Isn't that funny? How you know as you go through life, yep. you really never know who you're going to meet and who might you know look back and either help you or you might be able to help them in the future. Exactly. Anyway,
1: no, 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 it was great because we reconnected and we're like, hey, yeah, I, remember, I remember, and then remember when you came to the hangar when I worked at Amway and brought the Falcon in and, and so on and so forth. Right. So it was sort of serendipitous in that way. But we started, uh, we, sh- we started talking and, uh, you know, I did a demo of the product. It was like, wow, this is, you know, there's no point in trying to build something because we're never going to catch up to these guys. Right. So, mm-hmm. We forged a strategic partnership with ST and, you know, essentially started working more and more with them. And as we strengthened <laughs> that partnership, it became quite obvious that I was on the wrong side of things. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, the conversation occurred to say, hey, look, we'll, you know, we love this business unit, but at the same time, I think it makes more sense or both sides, if that business unit was actually over on the MySky side, not the SD side. So um, last year in March, the sale of the fully outsourced tax and compliance department was finalized. And so I officially, I was going to joke that I was sold. (laughs) uh, So the, the full department went from SD to MySky. And so we took all the customers, we gave them the option, right, of, of you know, going somewhere else or staying with us and all of our customers came with us and over to My sky. and we've been doing the same fully outsourced work for,
0: for a while. That says a lot yeah. about your product, you know, you brought everybody with, that's great.
1: Exactly. And so it was it was a great move and I agreed on, on both sides of the fence, it, it sort of helped them and it helped us. And so, yeah, that's that's when I got to be at my sky, and I've been here about a year and a half now, and just absolutely love it. It's, it's sort of, you know, as they say, you find your home, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of fo- found my home here amongst similar thinking people and people who enjoy the finance and tax side, of, and expense side of aviation, and you yeah. know, it's been a, an amazing experience so far. And yeah, couldn't be awesome enough, uh, at this point.
0: Brian, I think I. Will you explain exactly what the fully outsourced tax piece? Like, what does that mean? Like, so those of us in a flight department, how does that help us? And because taxes, is, a, as I'm sure everybody knows, it, you know, there's a lot of intricacies in there. And why would it be better for you guys to do it than maybe us at the flight department?
1: Certainly. So, and I'll answer that with, uh, with, with one word. And that one word is specialization. And essentially... You know, there's there's many different benefits, but I can tell you that most most companies' tax department are focused mainly on their whether it be widget taxes or you know whatever they do, right? They're focused on that. Their focus is not on the flight department uh, most of the time. The flight department is actually nothing more than a rounding error. So it's really kind of in the back of their heads. They don't really uh, have the level of expertise in-house, nor should they have that level of expertise in-house to, to sort of understand all of those intricacies of sort of that taxation piece for a corporate flight department. So oftentimes, they do maybe have someone at the flight department who's been doing it for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, and they do a wonderful job with it. But, you know, then they retire, and they look around and go, well, who's going to take over? Mm-hmm. Yes. So from a from a business continuity standpoint, they realize quickly that, oh, hey, maybe we, we're losing that expertise. We don't know how to replace that expertise. So having an area like that, that is very specialized, mm-hmm. uh, make, makes sense to outsource because I do it for a lot of different clients. So I'm in the rules day in and day out. I know when the rules for this particular area are going to change. Right. I, I'm familiar with all of the regulations and so on, whereas some junior analysts at a tax department on uh, a Fortune 500 company might not. And so from a business continuity standpoint, it certainly can make sense. But yeah, then that way they can focus on their widget taxes. We come in and we help them do essentially the calculations. Now, I guess legally, I have to say I'm not a CPA and I'm not a lawyer. So I can't mm-hmm. give you an official opinion on okay. you know, whether this could this be A or B, but I can certainly do all of the calculations and help your department kind of understand how to structure itself so that they know how to make the decisions that need to be made and make sure that we're setting up a, a, a proper structure within the company to handle corporate aviation. But it's, it's definitely a very high optics area. Even though even though it might not be material, mm-hmm. like it is definitely a hot optics area, and therefore one that deserves a little bit of extra attention. So that's why you know, sort of letting the experts in that particular field take care of it sometimes is a little bit better rather than uh, kind of handing it off to somebody and hoping that they
0: get it right. Yeah, no, that's a great explanation. Perfect. So, Ryan, you've been with MySky now for a couple of years. What projects are you working on right now? Like, what do you do on a daily basis?
2: Well, uh, I do a lot of stuff, but keeping uh, <laughs> keeping keep very busy. But uh, mainly, as the head of tax, I uh, we have two areas that I spend most of my time in. One, we do fully outsource tax and compliance work for companies. So, companies who don't want to deal with any of the tax stuff and would rather just you know, sort of outsource it to a a group of experts, if you will.
0: So if that that was me, then I would take my, all of my data, my passengers, my trips, and I would just send it Mm -hmm. over to you and you would calculate it all and then send me back reports.
2: That's that's correct. So we would do the calculations themselves. Classification is still on the uh, on the company itself. But as far as okay. the calculations, you tell me. Like you said, send over all the the flight data and so on. We'll calculate the SIFL. We'll do the disallowance. If you're a public company, we'll work on your SEC numbers. Uh, if you have a timeshare or any other type of reimbursement, uh, Nichols opinion or something of that nature. We'll calculate all the reimbursements and then send back a whole bunch of reporting. So, I mean, most, you know, Fortune 500 companies, it, and I'll put it this way, we're in two areas, right? So Fortune 500 companies where they have huge tax departments and, and you know, the flight department maybe isn't something that they're really interested in because it's just not material to them. You know, you're talking a 50 to 100 billion dollar company of 20 million flight departments around an right? So they don't, what do they care? But at the same time, it's a high optics area. And so you want to make sure that that that's being covered, right? Um, So uh, that's one of the reasons why people will come out to us is to say, look, uh, from a business continuity standpoint, right? Sally or Joe have been doing it for 25 years, but they both just retired and we don't have anybody who knows how to do any of this stuff. Can you guys sort of take care of it for us? And and so that's where the fully outsourced piece comes in and it's handy. And we're, we're there. Just kind of hold your hand along the way. Right. Um, Bears are great at setting up structures, but and this is no knock on the lawyers, but uh, at the same time, it, I don't think it makes financial sense to have them looking over your shoulder 24 right? Having somebody there that can hold your hand and, and help you through this sort of day-to-day stuff is certainly handy. So that's one. And then the second one, of course, is we have now started building MySkyTax, which is the software that will do all of these calculations. And so if you have... People at your company who are capable of doing this but are utilizing spreadsheets and old technology and pull their hair out every year because they have to do a whole bunch of work and to get these results and so on because everything's getting done manually. Now there's software and we're, we're working strongly on integrating with every scheduler that's out there. So in theory... We've you know secured APIs with and the integrations with most of the scheduling systems that are out there today, and, and so from that standpoint, we're able to pull in your flight data automatically, and then the software can do your CIFL calculations, your disallowance calculations, your timeshare reimbursements, and your SEC stuff if you're a public company. That and then there's really
0: great. I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking all the uses you could have for that because. I tend to like to get my hands in some, well, all sorts of pieces. And I have done a ton of Excel spreadsheets and I actually really don't like Excel. So this sounds like a really cool alternative, but sorry, interrupted you. What else? um, No, no, it's good. It's good.
2: No, you're absolutely right. Right. And that's, and that's the, that's the point of it is there's, there's not much out there in the way of specialized software that deals with this. And so we saw a gap in the market. And my guy obviously does, Financial software, right? So it fits well with our product line portfolio, Ben management system with budgeting, with quoting, with everything else that MySky does. It is certainly, it fits well in that area, but the idea is to make it simple, right? That's uh, definitely something that I personally have seen because uh, I've been involved in this area for a very long time. And mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to create something that's going to be useful to people.
0: That's awesome. And so I suppose you could do kind of both. It's like a standalone program. So if I wanted to come with my flight department to you in my sky and say, I really want to do this on my own, but I want the software to help me do it. So I'm yeah. doing it correctly.
2: Correct. And, and so that's the idea is you can buy as little as just simply saying, you know, I'll use syphilis as an example, right? Where you're like, look, we, we just do want to do a couple of calculations. Our scheduler maybe does not do a great job with it. And we want to make sure it's right. And somebody in tax is doing it as well to always double check our scheduler, right? It's it's You can buy as little as just that piece by itself or have the full capabilities of the system to throw at it. But the nice part is, right, is you have an entire team doing this work on a daily basis in an outsourced capacity for other departments that you have to be able to answer questions. And so going back to that, and I just realized I forgot to say, on the other part, the second piece, right, is management companies, where if you're an owner and have your aircraft with a management company, then... You don't have a flight department to go to to say, hey, I need help with this tax stuff, right? So you, you have to have someone that you can go to. And, and so that's that's where the outsource piece becomes effective as well. But even in that scenario, if you have a sharp finance department, which most people do, I mean, if you have, own an airplane, obviously there's a reason you're you know successful. Then there's now all of a sudden a tool. But. If you have the occasional question of, oh, hey, why this syphilis amount show as zero? And it's like, oh, well, it's because of the 50% rule or, you know, whatever. Or, hey, I forgot how mixed use trips worked. Can you, you know, refresh my memory? You know, now you have access to a team of people that are able to answer those questions for you. So, like um, a phone of yeah,
0: friend it, option.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have a phone of friend option for uh, for tact software. And then if it if it gets to a point where it's just too much to handle, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can always come to us and say, "Hey, we really want to just move up to the fully outsourced stuff and then we'll just take care of everything."
0: That is so cool. What a great idea. Super great idea. So, Let's see. I think that product could be used across the board by many different people. And I like the phone a friend kind of idea. I guess, you know, I know it's not really a phone a friend, but at least as schedulers, we go to the committee, The I'm sorry, the um, conferences once a year. There's also like the tax conference, which we'll talk about here soon. Um, but those are like our only places and, and ways to learn about how to do this. So I really think that's a just a really cool product that would allow us to learn, but also give us the tools to not make a mistake.
2: Definitely. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, like I said, that's the reason why we created it is because we see the shortage of it in the market. And there's definitely, uh, I think, a strong need for it. So yep. hopefully I can help make people's lives a little bit easier. And the tax piece is sort of demystified a bit. And it helps people do it right.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so that brings me to actually the next two questions, but we'll start with the first one. MBAA Task Committee. You are and have been a part of that committee for quite a long time. Tell us about that and what do you do with them?
2: Yeah, so uh, I joined the committee, gosh, it's been about nine years ago, uh, eight years ago. I was fresh out of working at Amway for a bit and and really trying to learn and get a foothold in, in this of mystery, and went to a couple of the tax conferences and the tax seminars, and it was uh, it was awesome. Like I loved it, <laughs> and so I was. G- I can say
0: that, Ryan. I have to. I, I know, to
2: right? It. I'm weird. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. We all um,
0: have the things we like.
2: <laughs> we all have the things we like, right? So no, and it it, it felt more like a community, right? And in that sense, there's. There aren't many of us, right? So it was nice to be amongst like-minded individuals. And so I felt the pull to, to you know, eventually try to help in whatever way, right? And mm-hmm. The tax committee itself is comprised of a lot of lawyers and a lot of accountants that are more sort of on the practitioner side, but I didn't see a lot of operations people there. The time, I was an operations person, right? So it was like, hey, I think I can bring a unique perspective here. And so I signed up for the committee and very glad to, to have me. And I was super glad to be there. So I've been there now. Yeah, like I said, about nine years. Wow. I'm currently the vice chair of the okay. committee. And so I've been into leadership, uh, which has been a, a fun and interesting challenge as well. You know, it certainly gives you a, a different viewpoint into things. And it's been, it's been an incredible learning opportunity. There's a lot of things that I think that people aren't aware are happening at the legislative level. So things like the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, when it came out in 2017, there were a lot of things that the tax committee has been working on for years that got sort of put into those bills. Okay. Uh, and so... Small things like the uh, the change to the FET rules on, uh, we call it the 4261E5 regulations for members flying on their own airplane, no longer pay FET. But there's a lot of those sort of gray areas that come up over time that the committee's really helped sort of flush out some of the rules on. That, to me, is very interesting, right? I love reading the code. I love you know, trying to figure out what the legislative intent was and and understanding why things are the way they are and seeing if there's a mismatch with what's what's going on out there in the actual industry, uh, right. and seeing how we can change that, right? Okay. So the the committee certainly trying to help the industry as a whole, but even things like hey, you know, we've got uh question areas between you know, FET for charter brokers and, and you know, SAF, yeah. tax credits for uh, for SAF and how, how is that affecting our industry and what is that doing? So, but yes, yeah, so it's been a, a real experience uh, and I would highly advise anybody who's in this business to, you know, try to give a piece of their knowledge area to the larger collective.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree. That's wonderful. Now, you're speaking here coming up soon as well, right? Isn't there a yeah. tax maybe coming
2: up? That's Sorry. right. There's a business aviation tax seminar, probably by the time it's on the air. It'll, it'll have already have happened, but it's uh, yeah. June 8th in Chicago, aviation tax seminar, which happens yearly. And then in October, there's more of a operator focus uh, on the tax and regulatory and risk management conference that coincides with base uh at nbaa so um it's usually held the sunday and monday before the big show and it's i know i get it right it's tax stuff but it's uh we try to do it in a fun way that's engaging and and gets people informed you know helps people learn so certainly if you're interested and even just the very basics of this stuff, right? You don't have to come every year, but going once, especially as an operator, is super, super helpful to kind mm-hmm. of understand what's going on out there.
0: And is that pretty common to do it twice a year?
2: Yeah, so, and, and and absolutely. So we do the one before base, and we do one usually in May or June timeframe. Um, mm-hmm. Typically a one dayer, and has been that way for for a long time now.
0: Awesome, that's great. So along with Regular 40 hours, if not more, because you guys are expanding so much there at (laughs) MySky. You have a family to work on. Right, right. (laughs) i the aviation for you. The tax committee, you also managed to produce a class all about cyclo. What was that like, producing that class, and what is the class all about?
2: So, you know, this wonderful organization uh, (laughs) called the Business Aviation Collective reached out to me. Uh, and said, Hey, uh, we'd love to have you help out with working on a civil class. And I was immediately sold. I think it's, like I said, it's an area that I look at. Um, there is a, a lack of understanding out there and it's not necessarily, you know, people just don't want to learn. It's more of a, they've been to a conference, they're, they know enough to be dangerous but they haven't really gone through and read all of the regs and understand all of the nuances and so on which can sometimes get people so i w- was more than glad to get down and you know create a class and a powerpoint and a video that kind of walks through step by step on how we do this right how are you how do we do something right you start getting into Well, how is the 50% rule calculated? And that one is a very interesting one because I can guarantee you that 99% of the industry is doing it wrong. And I'm not trying to say that of, oh, you know, you're doing it wrong and I'm the only one who knows it. It's it's always been a kind of a conference thing where it's like we kind of gloss over and say, oh, it's 50% of the seats, right? Where it's actually all of the seats minus the number of. Uh, that comes up with that number. So it's it's things like that where we'll step through and read the actual regulation and understand uh-huh. how that came to be, and then put it into practice operationally. And there might be, you know, some tax software that has some good visuals in the in the video, but
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all not,
2: I- not to. Uh, Put forth self promotion there, but you know if it helps explain how things happen when it comes to mixed, use, right? when we have some business and all those things are not easy, and and you know schedulers yeah. are often tasked with doing them right, right. and it's yeah. where do you find those answers right? And that's always been the frustration that I've got. And as, as I spent more time working for SD and working for MySky and, uh, you know, having lots of friends on the S&D committee and understanding the frustrations of people who are doing this work, you know, it's become more and more obvious to me that, hey, it would be nice if there was a resource out there that people could turn to that sort of really explained it and not in a no offense, not in a drab CPA kind of way, right? Doing it in a fun way that we can all learn something. So that was really the challenge was to try to find a way to get down a video and and hopefully people can learn from it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll give you some more background um, for those of you that are listening. But Ryan and I have been working on this project honestly for a few years. Like we have built this little by little. We did a lot of um, background PowerPoint work and then we got it finally into the recording phase and the published phase and I'm so excited because I really like Ryan was saying I really think that there isn't there isn't a product out there that teaches us as schedulers how to work like how to do this correctly I mean we're all we're doing is kind of like benchmarking with with each other and we might be doing the other person might be doing it wrong so this class you know Ryan put a ton of effort, and passion into this because it talks, like you said, all about the reasons why and how, and it gives examples. And anyway, I'm really super excited about it because I think it just doesn't exist on the market yet.
2: Yeah, No, mm-hmm. I, I'm super thrilled as well. And, and it, it's something that uh, I think is going to be very helpful. And even if we only help a couple people with it, that's great, right? Because uh, I think ultimately... I, uh, you know, there are people out there that want to learn this stuff. They just don't know where to go. There just aren't the resources out there. And the resources that exist are maybe a little too over their head or more focused on practitioners who do this stuff every day. And, and that doesn't really apply to Scheduler. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> uh, but it's like anything else out there. Right. If I if I dumped over to some other industry and tried to read a resource for somebody who is an expert at it. I'm going to be lost, right? So I think it's very important to put it in a way that can help that particular target audience. And so that was kind of the goal.
0: And, you know, additionally, there's like, us as schedulers, dispatchers, we want to be, what's the word? Like we want more responsibility. We'd like to have a seat at the table, right? And so learning some of these things helps us have that seat at the table. Additionally, you could find a scheduler who just loves finance, like you like piloting and finance. I mean, there could be a scheduler who has that. So maybe you can, maybe that would be the the scheduler's main job. I don't know, something like that. I just think additional education is good. And like you were saying before, too, you could take this class. You could be like, this is great. I'm all over it. I know how to do it and, and do it for your department. Or you could say, this is really cool. There's a lot of nuances to it. I want to maybe use my SkyTax software to be able to help me do it. Or, hey, this stuff is way over my head. I don't like it. And let's just outsource it completely. So I think it it opens up the world for different options on how to get this done, because it has to be done, basically, for anybody who's doing personal travel. Absolutely.
2: Oh, well, that's great.
0: Thank you very much. You know, from specifically from me but i think from the industry as well i really appreciate you taking your time because of course this is all on your personal time um, to create and do the committee give back
2: it's it's absolutely worth it and i absolutely applaud you for you know, creating the other classes as well, not just the tax class, but, you know, it's definitely something that is an extremely useful resource that's out there. And so any of the classes are are, are definitely uh, something that's great for the industry to, to put it down on paper, if you will. So it becomes less of a... Um, less of a tribe type of thing and more of a, Hey, uh, there's access for everyone out there. Yeah, right. And that's important to me. So, you know, in that sense, I, I think uh, you guys are on to something, giving that out there too.
0: Hope so Yeah. It's exciting, but yeah, we really hope so. More people knowing more about this industry. How about, I'll just kind of throw out another question here. How about in the next five years, where do you see aviation tax? Is there something that's, be really different
2: coming down the line oh that's a great question um you know to be honest at this moment in time uh right now this second i i don't necessarily from a federal tax standpoint i don't see too many changes happening in the next year and a half you know anything certainly possible and we'll see how next year's election goes. That obviously plays a fact uh, factor into it, right? Uh, and and see where the priorities line up. And so, but I don't really see it being too high of a priority side at this point in time, right? The Tax Cut and Jobs Act had some interesting things, right, with bonus depreciation, and that's sort of slowly stepping down at this point in time, but. Where I do see it, an interesting impact, though, is on the state level, and I have seen—I'll uh, say it in a in a fun way—I think certain states are starting to get a little more grabby, if you will, and uh, they kind of want their piece of the pie. So, if I if I'm gonna, you know, prognosticate about what what I think is going to happen, I do see the states potentially having a few more interesting rules come out in the next few years. And more states kind of want their piece of the pie, but that's—I'll—I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh, I could be totally wrong on that, and it goes the other way. I hope it does, but you know, from what I've seen, it, it, having the technology to track where these airplanes are and over what state they are when, and so on and so forth, is opening up new opportunities for them to try to collect taxes. Right. So we'll see if any of them uh, start start going for it.
0: Right. That's interesting. So. I mean potentially we could really be watching flight tracks and possibility of reporting to to states individually. Hmm. Well, that would certainly happen. I'm
2: not, I'm to not going way. to sit here and say it's going to happen, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it does, right? I mean Missouri's already kind of started going down this road and they kind of dipped their toe in the water. So it's kind of setting a dangerous precedent, but at the same time Right. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. There's other states that might go down that road and there might be pushback. But who knows? That's, uh, you know, again, it gets down to effective lobbying and yeah. local groups, organizations like I know, you know, the Michigan Business Aviation Association, Minnesota, uh, Massachusetts, right? All the states. You guys have the Northern California there's a couple you know i mean there's obviously local groups and regional groups all around the country that do an amazing job of pushing back against stuff like that so you know that sort of mobilization is absolutely important
0: that that just for that reason alone it's important to be involved with your regional groups NBAA does lobbying um yep. you know so so this type of stuff doesn't come down the pipe or if you if it does at least you have some knowledge or maybe you can help you know, nudge it in a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So Ryan, how about what is the best piece of advice that someone has given to you in this industry?
2: (laughs) that's that's a really good question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna default this one to my dad. You know, growing up I I always wanted to be a pilot, right? So I, I sort of got there. And my dad had always told me always have a backup. You never know what's gonna happen medically right? Or maybe you get older, your priorities change. So it's always good to have a backup. And I was just, you know, kind of rolled my eyes and was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, I guess I'm the living proof of that. Always have a backup. I flew I so for 10 years more. and then kind of got sick of it and was like, hey, I want to jump over to the uh, finance and tax side of things. And then why I'd gone back to school was to have that backup. And now I have an entire career based on the fact that I was able to do those two things as a backup. So from that sense, I think it's definitely really important to marry multiple things together to make yourself stand out and be unique. Right. So having fun with background, but is also doing finance and tech stuff, uh, you know, kind of helps out in that. So don't be afraid in your industry yeah. to have a backup, but then also try to find a way to bring that into what you're currently doing, because people who, you know, are able to do those two things together will generally make you slightly more successful. So that's, that's my, uh, my my piece of advice.
0: That's a great. Your dad was a smart man. It, it's It's super important. <laughs> And I try and uh, actually I try and tell that to my kids as well. But, you know, when people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And oftentimes we're pushed, I guess, to have one, one thing. Well, I want to be a doctor or a pilot or, but really most of us, as we grow older, we realize more than one thing. We're probably like a hundred things, you know? So like you said, take those two things or three things that you really love, put them all together and that makes you unique and, uh, you're probably going to find a great role that would fit all of that.
2: Yes. No, and trust me, I try to tell my kids too, but now I can see the shoes on the other foot, right? So (laughs) I get the same eye roll I used to give, right?
0: Right? Yep. That would be right about the same thing I get as well. So. Oh, awesome. Well, Ryan, like always, it's so good to talk to you. I think it's been a super informative podcast. People are going to learn a lot about it. And I think you gave them a lot of resources to go out and look for as well. I will tag um, the different products that we talked about in the description below. And what if somebody wanted to reach out to you maybe and ask you specific questions? How would we find you?
2: Uh, so quite simple. I'm, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So uh, if you want to find me on LinkedIn and uh, shoot me a message there, that's fine. Or if you want to email me, they made it pretty easy. It's just simply Ryan at mysky.com.
0: That's pretty so, easy.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, if you're interested in, in seeing the product that we offer, you know, the website's just mysky.com, And so we're, we're super thrilled about, the growth we're experiencing. And I think we have a a great lineup of products that is certainly possible of helping people make things a bit more efficient and a bit better out there from a finance side of things, both in the 91 and the 135 worlds.
0: Definitely. I agree. It's awesome. Well, thank you again, Ryan, very much for your time. And um, I'll catch you again, maybe in a couple of months and we'll see how uh, your new products are coming along.
2: Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate the time.
0: You bet. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes and check out our website for up and coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective sponsored by LD Aviation.